Is trying to warm up. We're live. We're live from the Big Daddy Gun Studios. I'm Hank Strange. I hope you got your big girl panties on. We are talking another London terrorist attack tonight. Wow, big surprise. It's back again. We're talking about that as well as we're talking about the uh, verdict out in St. Louis that, um, you know, understandably has some people not very happy. So tonight, our guests are Mr. Tyvin from The Tyvin Show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming, Thanks, hanging out. Joining us, joining us live from the tractor trailer. Where are you, sir? Where are you located, if you can tell us? Uh, I'm sitting in Hubbard, Ohio at Truck World. Truck World. Okay. Yeah. Is that like a place where um, where truckers go and there's showers and all that kind of stuff? And oh, yeah. They got laundry? Full- they got full restaurant and everything here. I'll turn the camera around. That way you guys can see the parking lot. Look at all those tractor trailers. Can we get like the big horn or is that like a violation of uh, protocol? Uh, no, actually, I got a guy sitting right next to me. He just went to bed. I saw him crawling the back oh, sleeper. Oh. So <laughs> I don't want to wake the guy yeah, up. No, don't beep, do that. Beep, 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 beep. There you go. That's official. That's official. Also joining us tonight from St. Louis, our friend, Mr. Kevin Dixie. What's yeah. up, Kevin? Not much, man. What's going on? Hey, Kevin. It's nice meeting you, by the way, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Nice meeting you too, Tyvin. Yeah, yes, know. sir. I don't know. Now, I, I know that you and Tyvin were supposed to be having a competition when next you both showed up here on uh-huh. air, but Tyvin's claiming that he didn't bring any magazines with him. Hey, he's lucky I don't have 260 round drum magazines sitting here to, to race him against his speed loader. You're lucky, well, sir. It, uh, it wasn't all right, Tyvin. It wasn't the speed loader. It was really me. The speed loader works once you actually get it loaded. It's yeah, once he uh, once he <laughs> got going on that, he he was pretty fast. But guess what? We'll have to arrange that. You, next time you come on, Tyvin, we'll try to get Kevin and we'll have the showdown. Operator yeah. error. Go ahead and just say it. Uh, no, no, I already no. said it once. You know, you're you're an instigator. You know what? Let's <laughs> make this happen. All right, you can call me out. It's okay. We're gonna make it happen. Hey, why does everybody always pick on the little guy? I don't understand that. I'm twice your size. You start picking on me. Yeah, you're, you know, why, does the little, why does the little guy have the Napoleon complex? Right. <laughs> we got friends that are bigger than us. We got backup. Oh, okay. All right. Understood. All right. So, Kevin, um, I know you you definitely want to uh, speak a little bit on what's going on in St. Louis with this verdict. Um, we'll, we'll get deeper into it, but do you want to say anything here at the top of the show? Um, yeah, just to get people in, and as people tune in, we'll get more in depth. Uh, but long story short, um, it's a very, very interesting um, case. Uh, 2011, um, St. Louis City police officer um, brought his personal AK-47 pistol to work. It was actually is that legal or is that illegal? By the way, I don't, against, I didn't catch that part. It was against policy. It's definitely against okay. policy. So he that was part of the reason why he was let go from the police force. Um, it's against police policy. Um, I'm not supposed to bring personally owned firearms to work unless it's, unless it's authorized by the chain of command. And normally that's just normally a backup gun, you know, um, backup handgun, but nothing like an AK pistol. That's never in, in consideration. Um, he They did a stop on a suspected drug dealer. Uh, and during the traffic stop, the gentleman did make the error of attempting to run from the police. And a consequence of that was he almost ran over two of the cops. Um, as he sped away, the officer opened fire on him. Uh, they hopped back in the police cruiser because he wasn't hit by that fire. They hopped back. They gave chase. Um, 
audio captured in the police cruiser of the officer saying, when we catch him, I'm going to kill him. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. Pretty sure that was out of frustration and anger of almost getting ran over. Um, when he caught up with him, there was an encounter at the vehicle. The officer did retrieve his personally owned AK-47 pistol from his patrol vehicle, and he opened fire into the, the guy's car, killing him. Um, then he he made moving back to the police vehicle, where it's believed he retrieved a snub nose 38 that was also personally owned. Uh, maybe not trackable or traceable, but he brought it to work with him is the assumption. And that gun then wound up showing up in the suspect's vehicle as the gun that he used to threaten the officer. Planting evidence. Yeah. So we will, we will get we will get more in depth into this. That's definitely what we're going to talk about tonight, as well as what's going on in London with the terrorist attacks, news and all that other kind of stuff, things that you guys want to talk about. I want to invite everyone that's uh, watching, listening, uh, the folks that are in the chat. Let us know if you have uh, some things you want to talk about or new stuff or what your opinions are on these particular subjects. And we will get those on here. I also want to uh, invite everyone to click the like button for this video. Click that like button, please. We need that to help get the word out as well as share this video on social media with your friends and family. And uh, of course, make sure that you're subscribed. If you're not subscribed to Hank Strange situation, please do that right now. I'm going to go out here and do some shout outs. Uh, Chris Bullis was the first one in the chat today. So. Oh, Chris, you got me again. Yeah, shout out to Chris Bullis. You got you got to wake up a real early to beat Chris out, and then we've got uh, Mr. Nick, uh, Lawrence Lerwick. Uh, Lawrence just got his um, uh, Trump Rooster patch, so congratulations to him for getting the Trump Rooster patch. Uh, Vanessa Kitty, uh, let me see who else is in here. Uh, Chris B, of course, we got Chris B back here in the building. Um, Let's see who else. Who else is here? That's uh, Joe Carpenter. Joe Carpenter. Um, these guys. These guys have like a nice conversation going on here. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Um, okay, so Vlarishardi too. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tony London, Real Cujo is here as well. Boss Hog. Um, let me see. I'm trying to make sure I don't miss anyone. Bloodhound one twenty two. <laughs> Bloodhound 122. All right. So if I if I missed you or whatever, or you come in later, uh, do a roll call and I will definitely shout you out. Michael Smith is in the house. Uh, one Spirit Field one Wardex. OK, all those dudes. So um, let's let's get on this. Uh, um, you know what? Let's uh, talk a little bit. Uh, firstly, about the London attacks, Kevin, uh, I know you've been busy today. Have you. Uh, Looked into that at all? Uh, yeah, I've seen. Um, I've seen some of it. Kaylin, you, darling, you're gonna have to understand when Debbie. What, what's up? <laughs> Kaylin would like some paper. I am so sorry. Hold oh, on. No, Kaylin. that's okay. And make sure, make sure Kaylin uh, gets the paper. Yeah. I guess. There's been several news reports um, up and down the news feed on the bombings. Hey, Kaylin. From what I'd seen, just on general. Hey, Hi. On uh, just general knowledge uh, of trying to keep up with <laughs> everything in regards to that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry about that, Tyvin. You know, we can't. Oh, you're fine. We cannot I ignore cuteness here. On the oh, show. that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And she took a big, a lot. That's a lot of paper. Yeah, they do. 
It's yeah. like, you know, one one little heart in one corner and then that paper is done and she has <laughs> all over on a new one. Yeah, but that was a daddy move right there. You just gave her a lot of paper like, please don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> That's 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be surprised. She comes back like 20 minutes from now. Oh, she will. Look at um, more I, paper. <laughs> I, um, I had the pleasure of uh, kind of starting a new adventure today, so I wasn't able to be connected to the the interwebs of things like normal, but I did hear about the London attack. Um, it was, it's unfortunate that London is a being victimized like that. Um, and these guys are, you know, using everything at their disposal. I do think, uh, and when it's not the point, and I don't want to make plight of what they're going through, but when you are, you're setting yourselves up to be, you know, an easy target, you know, people, crime is going to go to path of least resistance. It really is. And terror is going to do the same thing. And unfortunately London has to suffer for that. And today it was, um, now that I that I, I hear right, I might have got my number confused. Were, were there twenty two people uh, hurt, killed, or injured, or were there twenty two small bombs planted? No, it was uh, one. I think it was one bomb, uh, like an improvised device that was kind of like in a bucket bag type of situation. Twenty nine people were injured, though. Yeah. What I, what I heard show. was that they, they they were sitting on their trolley, train, whatever you would call it. And the guy had like a five gallon pail, like the, the plastic bucket. And mm -hmm. nobody even noticed or paid attention or anything until they started seeing smoke and sparks coming out. And then I guess everybody just panicked and was running over everybody. There was guys uh, talking about how people were getting tripped and then just stamped, stampeded for people trying to get out of the car. That's how the majority of them got hurt. And then because they were laying on the ground and getting trampled, those are the people that got the after effects because the bomb didn't like truly go off. It just kind of like poof. And then there were some sparks. People got burnt, stuff like that. But they were saying that it was a lone wolf type deal. Yeah. So. Um, you know, London is, if it's not the oldest, it's one of the oldest subway systems in the world. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and pretty massive. I mean, they're always expanding it and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people down there in the tubes running around London. And, yeah, London is always under attack. I'll read a couple different articles here. I think this is from The Washington Post. It says police searching for assailant who detonated bomb in London subway car, injuring at least 29. Uh, police in London were searching uh, uh for assailant who detonated a home bomb, homemade bomb, Friday night that sent a scorching blast of flame and smoke through a London subway car, injuring at least 29 rush hour commuters and sending panicked crowds scrambling for safety in what police called a terrorist incident. As of Friday evening, authorities, authorities had given no details on possible suspects. Security measures were tightened across London's vast mass transit network. And the government described the threat levels critical, meaning another attack could be imminent. Uh, British media reported that the crude device carried in a bucket and shoved into a shopping bag had a timer suggesting that some degree of bomb making knowledge was employed. The Islamic State terrorist group claimed responsibility for the explosion on its uh, AMAC News website. Experts caution that the group often seeks credit for attacks it may have only inspired, as well as ones it had nothing to do with. So yeah, let go. me ask you. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. If they're going to where their news organizations at, where they post credit, mm -hmm. why don't they go bust the people with the news? Isn't that like affiliation? Um, you investigate know, those people. 
you would think it would be that easy, but there's so many things going on out there. I'm, I'm obviously not an expert on that, on the dark web, or, or I think that's what oh, we call wow. it, right? the dark web. So there's lots of ways around things where people can post stuff and all that. And maybe they just let them put it up and post things so that they can get, you know, intel from people going into those sites and visiting them and trafficking through those sites. So who knows? Uh, I'm sure there's lots of different uh, things going on there. Sometimes the best thing to do, you know, uh, with your enemy, yeah. if you read Sun Tzu, is let them talk. Yeah, YouTube probably lets them monetize their stuff. <laughs> probably. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. You know. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. So, um, yeah, so there we go. I mean, that's uh, some of what's going on. There's lots of news articles on this. It's going to take a while to come out. One thing I would say in, in uh, London specifically, there's lots of cameras. Yes, so, that is supposed to be one of the most heavily uh, recorded spots in the whole country is that area where that took place. Yeah. Um, so at some point here, they will track down whoever, you know, put that device there because when things like this happen, you know, they tr pretty much can track these people from when they left their house. You know, there's so many cameras, you really don't have privacy there. So not that I'm a fan of that, but that's something that's going on. None of that stuff is really going to stop people from uh, continuously doing things. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, I think London so far is been getting pretty lucky. I'll be honest. You know, I know bad things have been happening over there a lot, but lots worse, lot worse things could happen there. You know, every time I see something going on with the trucks or this guy took this truck and ran through a crowd or whatever, I'm like, all right, I'll comment. Oh, you banned guns. Now you got to ban 80,000 pound bullet trucks. Yeah. All that, the comments go haywire. Yeah. Tony London says every block has two cameras on each corner. I don't know if Tony London wow. is in London, but maybe he could tell us if he's in London. I don't know if we have any way of uh, verifying that, but, you know, um, if he is, th definitely let us know what's going on there. I know not everyone in England, much less London, agrees with all the crap going on. I'm pretty sure one day we're going to wake up on the news and we're going to see like a full scale all out civil war going on in not just London, but England in general. What do you guys think about that? Am I, does that sound well, crazy? Well, you know, uh, well, hold on. Before, before I even talk, uh -oh. you know, one thing that's uh, crazy to me is that the people that they are tracking don't care about you finding them. So what good are cameras? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. After the fact, okay, but they don't care. <laughs> they, don't. Yeah, they don't care about you finding them. They're ready to blow themselves up too when you, when you get there. Matter of fact, then the last time they knew they were going to be found, then they said booby traps. Um, at the apartment, I believe the last bombing, they knew they were going to be tracked. And so they set booby traps at the apartment to kill them. Then, I mean, these guys don't care about you knowing who they are. They don't. They take yeah. credit for it when they're done with it. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, Tony London says I was born and bred in London, now living in Gainesville, Florida. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Tony, Tony London is from London, but living in Gainesville. That's cool. I used to live hey, in London. Plant. I used to live in London back in the 70s. So, um, you know. Back in the uh, middle to late 70s, I was all up in there in London. Tooting back, for anyone who wants to know, tooting back. I actually went to Henry Cavendish. That means nothing to most people listening to this, but you can look it up. That's uh, what the school I went to when I lived there. Yeah, you know what? I'm telling you, I think one day we're going to see like an all, like all-out, full-scale uh, civil war going on, man. And, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of different changes going on in England. 
and even in London specifically. So, I mean, this, this is at the end. I think they're just getting lucky right now. You know, they came over and helped this side or that side uh, during the Civil War. If they would happen to have the same thing we did, all I got to do is say, hey, we need help. And you think about 16 hours later, it'll be leveled. Not to worry about it. Okay, I'm sorry. I was distracted by something. You're going to have to hit me with that again. I, I, can, I, I just oh. got the last part of what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, with the deal that uh, they came over and helped during the Civil War here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. returned. Don't oh. ask for help. They know it's going to happen. Um, yeah, you know. Um, I think we're going to bomb take care of North Korea first, and then you ain't going to worry about all that <laughs> over there because they're going to be so scared and so terrified at the wrath of God that's going to come down on North Korea. They're going to go, oh, light bulb, really? And they're, and they're going to see what we're going to do with North Korea. They're going to um, think twice. I tend to disagree with that. I personally don't think we're going to do anything with North Korea, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I see where you're coming from, but I don't think we're going to do anything with North Korea. I, I just don't see it in the cards, man. I mean, North Korea is like, you know, they've been pretty emboldened. And then we're not at this point. Everyone knows we're not going to do anything, including them, you know. And I think the same well, goes for London, man. London's been pretty much been taken over, you know. This is just one of the things that's going on um, in the 70s. You know, there's always been an influx of different people into London and, and, and uh, England specifically. In the 70s, there were a lot of people from the Caribbean that were going into there. My parents were born British citizens. And a few years before I was born, um, Guyana, you know, um, reclaimed its sovereignty and all that kind of stuff. And therefore, they gave up their citizenship so when my parent, my dad actually uh, went, we went to all, we all went to live in England because my dad went to Brunel. And when he graduated with his master's degree in um, metallurgical engineering, my parents wanted to stay in England. They didn't want to go back to Guyana. And they told him, nope, you guys have to leave. You have to go. My sister was born there. So she's a British citizen by birth. And they said, yeah, you can leave your daughter. We'll put her in an orphanage, but you have to get out. And this is to people who were born British citizens, because at that time they didn't want people from the Caribbean there anymore who had a lot to do with the subways and all that kind of stuff being built. They wanted to get a, a completely different um, set of people. They were getting ready for the technological uh, technological age. So they were getting a lot of, um, they wanted a completely different kind of uh, people from different places coming in that they thought that would have, um, that, that, you know, that would help. Now, as part of that, you have a lot of what's going on in London and, you know, you're getting closer and closer in London itself to like Sharia law. Right. So, yeah, I, mean, I can definitely see. Um, I, I, and I get your point and I, I don't see it being too far off because how long guns or no guns, how long are those citizens going to tolerate um, people doing that to them? And then they're going to respond in an uneducated way. Right. They're going to. They're just going to pick on people based off what they look like. And eventually it will happen. People will just start harassing them and it'll turn and, out. It'll turn ugly. And that's yeah. a shame too, because if you look at the U S diversity background, what was it? Was it creed, color, relation, religion, sexual, national origin or whatever that help builds and molds the country. And then as you have a collective, it meshes, and then history and future goes on from then. 
Oh, that's but the way it should it, be. That's the way it should, should be. be. Maybe the way that it but was. Once, it used to be. If you enforce, or I'm not going to say enforce, if you uh, push a narrative that a lot of people don't want or like, you know, you can preach, but don't force. And I think that's what's going on over there is all of these refugees came in and they just took over the neighborhoods and like opened their businesses and built a whole new community inside of a country and the government lost control of these people. Yeah, I think everything has to be a balance. You know, I'm not necessarily against uh, and this happens all over the world, right? People leave uh, countries around the world. We, Typically, you know, because that co- those countries are terrible, they want to get away from there. They try to go to good places. You know, that's why my parents wanted to go to England, why they wanted to come to America. I get that. But what we do, what we do as human beings, we get there and then we create these little cultures. So there's like a little Guyana, a little Jamaica, you know, the little Caribbean over here. This is like, you know, you, you get like Chinatown. You get all these little spots where everyone, you know, Italians or uh, the Irish, whatever, everyone... <laughs> Gets together, but it's all right? open to the public, though. They embrace everybody, and they share with everybody to, to, to a degree. To an extent. and it used What's to be- going on over there? They put it on lockdown. They don't want nobody coming in into their environment. Well, because we used to be a little bit more balanced, right? So, And people obviously always complain about that. Everyone hates everyone. This is like the crazy thing about us as human beings. And the, the problem is, is like if you leave your country because you think it's terrible and you come to America because you think it's better, I'm fine with that. The problem is, is when you come to America and then you start making America into that country that you left and people did, uh, you know, push, were able to push back against that in the past. And, and, and yes, you know, some people got labeled racist and all kinds of stuff. But recently it's gotten a lot worse for people who want to push back. You know, that's just like a progressive way to deal with us, to say that if you're trying to push back against these people, you're racist, you're terrible. So no one pushes back. And then what's happening in a place like London is because they haven't pushed back. It's completely everything is completely changed at this point. And it's only going to go downhill. And um, I think people there are just leaving at this point who can't deal with it. Right. They're just getting out of there. And so those people are taking over more and more. And uh, yeah. this is just an inevitable thing that's going to happen, you know. But so that, that makes you wonder, are the people and I'm just kind of throwing it out there when you compare what's going on in London and say uh, the people that live on the border states here, mm-hmm. is that their fear? So are, are their fears validated by an example of what's going on over there? Because a lot of times when you talk to the people living in the border states, they're pretty supportive of you know shutting down the borders and uh, getting those things regulated more so than the guy saying the midwest or up north or something like that but when oh, you're yeah. in london you almost can see kind of what they're talking about yeah and i, I think see, you can, you can see it are the same as what's going on over there i'm not saying that just it's general. more of a nuisance for them and it's better for them to move than deal with it yeah if you don't tr- look th- this is all this is just going to happen right if you come to a country and you're just here, like, if, if the reality of why you, you might say that the reason why you came is because this place is better. You really, you came to get money or whatever it is. And you, you came to this place and you're just sending your money back to wherever you came from. And then you're trying to make this place exactly like the place where you came from that you had to leave and go there so you can get money or whatever it is. That's the same. I mean, that's very, very close to what happens with a lot of people coming over from Mexico, right? They really just don't give a crap about America. They want the money. Yeah, they're they're coming for the money. And then some people convince them that, hey, 
uh, Americans stole. This is really your land that America stole from you. So it creates that thing where they don't give a crap. You know, that is what brings us all down. You know, this great experiment that's been going on in, here in America for hundreds of years. This is what if, if it fails, this is why it will fail, because we don't all we don't get here and realize that we have a great opportunity here that we didn't have where we came from. And we don't do the things that we need to do to preserve that. I'll, I'll never tell someone to like throw away their culture and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I didn't no, throw away my culture. It. Right, absolutely. Did you see about the school out there in California, how they had passed uh, a school uh, ordinance or whatever that they can't chant USA in a school anymore? Um, they, they can't do, they can't chant USA in the school anymore. <laughs> no, like when they go their baseball turn or their basketball or whatever, they'll go USA, USA. Yeah. They're not allowed to do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. You know, now try to do those things. Try to go to Mexico and do that. Yeah. You know, and tell them not to be proud to be Mexican or go to any country and tell someone from that country not to be, you know, proud of being from that country. Right. This is the yep. this is this is just a problem that we're going to continue to have. Some of us, some of us will get this and and take pride in the in the place that we are. It's just like if you work somewhere. Right. If you work at a, if you work for a business and you don't take any kind of pride or ownership in that business, you're just like, you know what? I'm just working here, getting a paycheck. I could give two craps about this place. You know, if you see some garbage on the floor, you don't pick it up. You're like someone that's someone else's job and you, you don't care. You're bringing down the place that you work. And one day, you know, people are going to be shocked when they walk into that place and they get in a pink slip. But you right. can always yep. tell when you walk into a business that everyone is proud and happy to work there. And they all look at it like they all take ownership in this business. You know, and I we see all that see at that, my company. So. I go to many different yards. This yard's really nice. People take care of it. Everybody's, oh, go lucky, happy, whatever. I go over to New Jersey. That place is a dump. People don't care. If the door's hanging off the hinges, they won't even call anybody to fix it. It's a shame. Yeah. The work so, the work ethic is not being taught in the US anymore. It's not. Yeah. So I think that's the, you know, I think that's what's going on in England. And if you look at it, you'll see a lot of people from England are trying to come to America. Every friggin' actor in America is British. <laughs> you know, even the, dude, even the dudes on our, uh, even like I remember a time in America when you, you know, you put on the night shows, <laughs> and it was like actually American dudes there. Now you got people from England and uh, South Africa, all kinds of craziness. Like a lot, a lot of people don't understand that um, that Rick from The Walking Dead is not American. Yeah, there's lots yeah. of actors that are not American. And I'm not knocking that, but I guarantee, you know, if you go there, you're not going to see that most of their actors are Americans. You know, I'm only I wonder what that. the pay scale is on that. Uh, uh, an American actor versus a British actor. I'd like to know what the pay scale difference is. Is that why they pick British actors? Because they're cheaper? No, they, um, well, the British actors want to come here because our taxes are lower. That's why they want to come here. Wise. Uh, well, the taxes that we pay here in America are lower than than what because uh, obviously if you're an actor, you're going to move into the wealth bracket. And in England, it's pretty high. OK. Um, yeah. Personal taxes, not company taxes. Yes. So and then okay. also here in America, anyone with a British accent, we think is cool. Right. That's So we fall for that. I, I always fall for the Australian chick. But hey. 
Yeah. Hey, I'm not cool until I, I was. Uh, I love you, Cherry. I know you heard that. I'm sorry, yeah. but I love you. <laughs> I was cool with Liam. The only thing I don't like is when they come over here and they spew um, their hatred for guns. Now, I really don't like that when they do that. I do not like Liam Nelson. Like, you made how many takings? You made the 18, for Christ's sake. And you jump out and say, oh, it's too many guns. Too many guns. You don't yeah, need I think Liam Neeson just finally retired from making action movies, supposedly. Good. Yeah, I guarantee you'll still see him um, doing doing action movies. So, yeah, you know, I think um, I think we're going to I honestly feel we're just going to see more of this in England. Uh, not that we won't see more of it here in America. We're going to see it around the world. And at some point we have to, you know, if you it's like getting bullied. Right. If you're getting bullied in school, we were talking about this before. Right, Kevin, you yeah. know, with your kids and everything. If you're getting bullied in school and all you do is just keep taking that bullying and you don't do anything about that, regardless of what it is you believe in doing and, and how you push back or stand up for yourself. If you don't do anything, those people are going to keep bullying you. The, the rest thing, of your life. Yeah. The only thing that's going to make people like um, respect you is when you stand up to them. I remember when I, when I was in high school, I was a little skinny kid. And there was this big muscle bound dude that was a football player and he was going around smacking all the kids in the back of the head in the gym. And our gym had a track upstairs so you can go upstairs and run around the track. So he was slapping everyone in the back of the head. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to tolerate this guy slapping me in the back of the head. So he came and slapped me real back, you know, real hard in the back of my head here. And I was mad about it. And everyone's laughing and all that. He went and sat down somewhere. I went, I walked behind him and slapped him back right in the back of the head. And uh, he looked at me like he was like shocked <laughs> that I did it, you know, and then he got up and came after me. So I ran upstairs and the two of us are running around the track. <laughs> so here's a big muscle bound football dude that does this all day. He's going, and then here's me real skinny. I know no one believes I was ever really skinny, but you can ask Run me. Like the wind. Yeah. Lola, Lola did this to me. So anyway, I'm just kidding. But you know, so <laughs> my little skinny ass is running around the track and he's talking to me. He's like, dude, I do this all day. <laughs> you know? And we're just like running around and everyone's looking at us running around. Eventually I got tired. He caught up to me. But when he caught up to me, you know, we were, we were like we were both tired. And we said he sat down. He's like, you know what? I respect you for the fact that you fought back and all of that. And that guy never messed with me ever again. You know, so the thing I think is, is even when you think that you, you when you know you don't have any chance, you still have to stand up for yourself if you don't. And people see that you're a punk and that they can just keep pushing you around. It's human nature that, you you know, you're just going to keep pushing and going to go further and you're going to go further and further. And that's what's happening in these situations. The one with North Korea, the one with terrorists and stuff like that until until we shut it down. man. if there's people from specific countries that are committing, you know, heinous acts of terrorism. Yeah. Shut shut down that country. Shut them down. Don't let everyone come in from that country anymore. What's wrong with that? You know, or, or put restrictions on that and make it very difficult for people to come in from that country, you know, and hey, you're paying the price for what other people are doing and make sure that the people who you're letting, you know, who you're letting have access to the country appreciate the opportunity that they're getting by coming, you know, coming into the country. So I think that's the view that they have on the U.S. They poke, they prod, they pinch. But I don't think they'll take it so far that they know if they cross a certain line, there's no tolerance. But what's the line? I mean, we've got like... The U.S. is very tolerant. So yeah, that line moves back and forth every day. But it, 
if they would go and do some serious stuff, like, you know, take out a city or something, may God have mercy on their soul. I mean, it's, I want to ask you about that, but it's all right for a government to put a bounty on somebody's head. And they did it with Saddam Hussein and the other dude. Is it illegal for a U.S. citizen to put a bounty on the, the leader of North Korea? Why? Do you have some money? <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about that earlier because, you know, what better way to, if you hadn't, I just wanted to know if it was legal. I know the U.S. government can do it, but I know I can't put a bounty on your head, but he's not a U.S. citizen and he's in a foreign country and he's doing us harm. Is it legal for a U.S. citizen to do it and step in as, instead of the government doing it? Well, well, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know about you, Kevin. I'm not a lawyer. Oh, wow. um, I will say this. That's called a contract. And, <laughs> yeah. um, well, I know it's a contract, but the government does it to foreign leaders. I just wanted to know, is, can a U.S. citizen put a bounty on a foreign leader like yeah, the government? You know what? If you want to be the test case for this. No, 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 no. I would check I like with my money. Mrs. I would check with Mrs. Tyvin first. Yeah. <laughs> I like my money. Uh, but, yeah, I would say no. I would say no. That would be that's what I would, I would say, say. Even if you could do it, you probably wouldn't want that kind of wrath. Because I'm pretty sure everybody that's that the world hates has at least one friend, and that friend might be close enough to you to um, do things. So yeah. yeah. Also realize this. I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, you get rid of one person, another person steps up in their place as human beings. Yep. Sometimes yep. You, know. you got to deal with the devil, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. Or yep. sometimes yep. you just like if you really, you know, with some of these with some of these countries, it's not really so much the people to me. It's like you have to cripple their ability to do things, you know. So that's what I think, for example, with North Korea, we just need to cripple the shit out of their abilities. <laughs> Yes. Well, they just did a bunch of more sanctions against against them. They yeah, cut a bunch not, of their oil and everything, but that's they'll not take three months before they'll take three months before he fills anything because they've got stockpiles. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, that's not really crippling them. So, you know, um, you know what? We can come. We'll definitely come back and and um, talk about this. And uh, <laughs> everyone's talking right now. There's people talking about your truck, Tyvin. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're talking about the. Yes. Trump. Yes. I made my bed. See, I made my bed. I did my one positive thing. If you start out with one, your whole day becomes positive. Yeah. You always work towards goals. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, um, that's one of the reasons we have Tyvin on. It's always cool to see someone like in uh, one of these tractor trailers. It's a cool background. Um, so do you want to show the truck real quick? I think there's folks who haven't seen you on here before and seen the truck. Uh, yeah, I can do is, it, is it clean enough that we could see it? I yeah, it's clean. I keep a clean truck. I think we asked this before, but I'll ask it again. Uh, do you have weapons yeah. in the truck? No, I legally cannot have anything. No firearms in the truck. Um, top bunk, lower bunk. Um, I can't have anything longer than a six and a half inch uh, blade. Show us the, show us the, um, here, let me lock it. Show us the, look at the cockpit right there, man. This is our work computer. And then this is my computer that I use, uh, for all my daily, uh, YouTube events. And then, uh, all my gauges and everything. There. Yeah. There you go. Now, where's the big horn? I know we can't blow. We can't blow the horn. I right understand. there, it oh, says so, air horn. 
Oh, so wait a second. I thought it was like some kind of, you know, string or lever or something that you pull. Yeah, those were the old days. The new oh, trucks oh, don't oh. have that. It's push button. Yeah. That's like highfalutin technology. Yeah, we used to have the big string. We would load from like right here by the A pillar, and it would drape down about halfway down the wind, and it'd come up right here, and it would bolt right here. And you just grab it. Oh, okay. Those are for those rage drivers. I don't rage anymore. I just let them go. I let, I'll catch them when they're in the ditch up past me. If they, if they can't get around, you know, I don't even mess with them no more. Yeah, okay. So I so know there's a- 20 years, the 19th, 19th of this month, I'll have 20 years in a big truck and 4.3 million mile. Wow. 4.3 million? 4.3 yeah. million. Wow. Yep. Can you equate that to like traveling to the sun or something like that? How many, well, it's a lot. It's, uh, like how, is, how many miles is it to the moon? <laughs> be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know offhand. I ran team for... Uh, 16 and a half years, and then the rest of it was single over the road. That's what I do now. Oh, okay, cool. Um, okay, so this is a joke. This is a joke. Don't take this the wrong way, but Lawrence Lerwick says, uh, Tyvin had to kick out the lot lizard before he no. came on. Laugh, laugh, <laughs> no. So what is a lot lizard? You're going to have to explain that to us. That's Please. a naked lady that patrols the parking lot and no, looks no, we don't for a that. good time. I don't yeah. know. No, none of I'm that. I'm happily married. I don't need any of that. My yeah. focus is job, money, my dogs. Well, wife's first. I already said that first. Yeah. And then dogs, uh, home, I, home I, and then guns. I heard you say the dogs yeah. first. Yeah, I didn't hear you say the wife first. <laughs> I heard the dog. <laughs> I yeah. did not hear that. I did not hear that. And wife, I, don't Char- money, I don't know if Cherry Wine is watching. <laughs> wife, money, job, dogs, yeah. guns, and home. Okay, that's right. Clear it up. Clear it up so we can, you know, we can I love edit. you, Jay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Add some extra spice on it. Okay, so you know what? Let's uh, transition here. Let's, okay. uh, you know, I think we talked about London. If we, if you guys want to talk about that, we'll definitely come back to it. But, um, oh, uh, yeah, Lola wants to make sure I remind you guys to hit the like button, share and subscribe. You know, definitely share this video with your friends and family and all that on social media. But make sure you click that like button. That's how we get more people to come and join in on the party. So I see we got a bunch of people like Kill Wolves, Ryan, um, Ryan Baker, Freelo. Bunch of dudes have jumped in here. And uh, and then Tony London, who I was talking to before, says he also went to the same school that I went to. So that's interesting. Yeah, we'll have to get some. Awesome. Um, yeah, we'll have to get some uh, confirmation on that, but that's cool. And so, and now he's living in Gainesville, apparently. So, I, what, what year did he graduate? Maybe you can look him up in your yearbook. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I didn't. I I, stay, I lived in England for three years, and then I then I would come back and visit. So, but I do have pictures and stuff like that. Um, okay. now, so now talking about what we're going to talk to Kevin about NPR. This is from John Warren. He says NPR has just released the court documents on the St. Louis shooting. And there's a lot of evidence that provide that proves justifiable lethal force that wasn't in the original video from 2011. So I, I know we wanted to get back on this. Um, you know, what do you want to say about that, Kevin? Did you get a chance to see any of that? Um, yeah, I read some of it. I haven't got a chance to really look into it. Too, but here's the problem. It is. It is. It is. It is very, very frustrating 
when things align themselves up, people have to. So I'm going to say this before I get deep into it. This is what I want people to understand. I am normally the biggest proponent for telling and I still am. So I shouldn't say normally. I still am the biggest proponent for letting the law do what the law is set up to do. Allow the system to work. If we don't like the system, that's why we should get people in place to modify it legally, change it legally, make amendments, change laws, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what your voting power is for. Um, and that's on your local level. That's more than just who you're putting in the president's office. What I will say about this particular case is this. Was the gentleman, the young man that got killed, was he wrong for what he did? Yes. It's never a good idea to do something where you almost run people over with a car. That's never okay. And I'm not excusing it. I have no idea if he was selling heroin. And at this point, I really don't care. I worry about the fact that it does look bad when you almost run two people over with a car. I also think it speaks to the credit of the police officer when he brings a damn AK pistol to work with a 75 round drum on it. What mentality right. are you showing up to work with? Right. All right. On top of that, and then on top of that, you plant evidence. So and you, it, it becomes right. a, a murky situation. It's not a clear cut situation going on here. At all. You know, and, and they're like, oh, well, he didn't retrieve the, the second gun out of the bag. Okay. So he can bring uh AK pistol out of a bag, but there's no way he could fit a snub nose 38 in it. Can do that. So if he brings one illegal gun to work, how we how do we know he didn't bring a second? Right. So when I see you digging through a bag and a gun shows up in this young man's car, yeah, it's a problem. And then people have to understand that tape disappeared for years. Mm -hmm. It went around. And all of a sudden, miraculously, when there was some kind of leak that went on, all of a sudden it showed back up. You know, so that's the reason why this happened in 2011. And we're just now seeing a court case about it. It's not like somebody had a vendetta uh, or had blackmail on this dude. Well, it just I mean, we popped up. Can get in, we can. I mean, it's definitely uh, you can get into the whole conspiracy of it. But the judge himself releases a statement, and I'm paraphrasing. It's all over Facebook, so I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but one of his statements was, uh, I'm, "I'm just going to paraphrase it. Thirty years on the bench, and it would truly be an anomaly if there was a heroin dealer that did not have a firearm." <laughs> okay, what is that? Yeah, yeah. Since he was selling heroin. He had to have a gun. I don't care about whose fingerprints was on a gun. He had to have had a gun. That's believable to me. And yeah, he should be. He should, yeah, lethal force was justified. Is it okay if he was selling drugs? No. Is it okay that he almost ran two people over with a car? Hell no. Is it okay that he was out there acting silly and irrational? No. Make no excuses for that. Did he help put himself in a very, very risky situation? Absolutely. Um, does that young man, and then he paid with his life. Let's not forget that. Um, does he hold some of the cars? Yes. Not making was he the only person in the car? Uh, he was the only individual in the car. Okay. Um, but however, when you catch up to him, your job as a police officer is to use whatever force you need to, to bring him into custody. Now, if he fights that, that's when you have to do what you have to do. But in this case, the argument is not whether the guy was wrong for what he was doing or suspected of doing, because most people with common sense are going to say, you know what, you probably were doing something wrong if you almost ran over two cops to get away from them, okay? But when they catch back up with you, if you're giving up, you don't pay with your life. The police are not in the revenge business. Yeah, now right? John Warren is saying the gun was a full-size revolver, not a little snub nose. It couldn't fit in a pocket. I don't know what you 
you you would know a little bit more about it. Well, um, you know, I don't know. Let if, me go ahead. Let me ask you this, Kevin, because I haven't searched all the details, but from what I've seen, the cop took justice in his own hands because he lost self control over a fit of rage. Is is that about right? Okay. Um, yes. And I'm going to, so let me, let me advise everybody before we get too far, Hank, I don't know who just made that comment, but this was a snub nose. Okay. This this was not a full size. And even if it was, that's besides the point. Yeah. You're planting guns on people. I don't care if it was a bazooka. Um, but you're planning and see, that's what happens in these cases. We get lost up in the semantics of it. That that's not important. Uh, because that what, what happens when I just want to point this out to people, we can't, and I'm going to say we, let's, and just for, for argument's sake, let's say pro-justice, pro-gun people, Second Amendment, rah, rah, rah. We can't always try to come up with reasons and excuses to cover cops. No, and I'm not, you know, and, and, and I mean, I think the biggest point here is if you're a police officer and, you know, you get into situations like this, obviously, you know, adrenaline, all that kind of stuff starts flowing, you know, There has to be a level of professionalism from police officers. Right. We have to expect a certain level of professionalism because not every not every situation like this where the guy tries to back into someone or whatever winds up with that person getting killed. And and even though they obviously um, I I don't want to just put it as a license to kill, you know, but basically that's what police officers have. You have to understand that. Right. You know, they, they, they basically have this license. It doesn't mean that you just go out there and kill everyone. That's not the first that's not the first thing you should get to. So if there's things that happen that make that worse or make you even more excited or put you more into danger mode and then you don't act professionally, a situation where you could have chased down a suspect and arrested them. Right. Instead of basically, you know, having that person wind up dead. That's the difference right there. You're creating a perfect storm. So that guy did things the wrong way. You did things the wrong way. That guy's a criminal. You're a professional police officer, right? Always. That's that's what we should expect. There should be a little bit, you know, obviously, you know, these guys put themselves in danger. Most of these guys are good guys. But you have to expect a little bit of danger, I think, going into this. And, and you have to carry yourself professionally. Even making smart comments like that. Um, thing you guys was talking about a few weeks ago where that cop was standing next to the passenger door and that lady dropped the phone and she's like, Oh, I've seen videos. And the cop says, yeah, we we'll only kill black people. That's the same thing. Professionalism is first. Upholding the law is second. You never bring anything in like that to when you're a cop or a military person or a sheriff, or even if you're a, a public figure of anything, uh, a school teacher, you're an authority figure. You should have bounds and limits that you must adhere to and always be a professional. I'm none of those, but I still hold that same standard. I treat everybody as equal. I go through all over different parts of the United States. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what color you are. If you're a good person, you're a great person. If you're a butthole, you're a butthole. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you have to say to that, Kevin? I don't know if we cut you off there. Um, yep. Sorry, it's, Kevin. It's, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, trust me, I got a long time to be dealing with this one. Um, 
it is it is an imperative that people get and understand that there are times where some some people, some sections of people are yelling and screaming and you can look at it and say, you know what, guys, you're not being fair. You're being emotional. You're not responding right. There are other times when people are yelling and screaming that you need to sit back and you need to look at what they're looking at and what they're upset about. All right. And for this particular one, do I understand when he got inside his police cruiser and said, I'm going to kill this MF. -er? I just tried to run me over with a car. Probably a little bit steamed about that. Okay. Can I see adrenaline happening? Yeah. But you also just fire six, seven shots at this guy. All right. And then when you catch back up with him, your handgun is not good enough. You need your AK pistol. Yeah. Now, now someone was asking, do they have patrol rifles? Do you know about that? They do. St. Louis. One thing St. Louis City Police is not lacking is firearms. Now, well, yeah, they, they got to get rid of them Berettas. But yeah, in his vehicle, they should have had a Beretta uh, C4 Storm rifle. That's what they okay. should have had in there. If not, he definitely would have had a shotgun. But no, he was in a Tahoe. So he should have had the Beretta rifle. If not, at minimum, they should have had a shotgun. Is that a standard issue? Uh, what, the AK-47 pistol? No, the shotgun and the uh, the other the weapon you were talking about. We used the Beretta rifles here in St. Louis. So he should have. He could have had either one of them. If not, you had you and your partner's handguns. But there was definitely no reason for you to go pick up an AK pistol. Um, but you have to look at the mentality when you step back. One, why would you bring that to work? Mm -hmm. Two, why would you stop to go retrieve that when your service pistol is still available to you? It's not like you lost your service gun. You had that on your waist. You had to go get something to prove a point. So you go get your AK-47 pistol with your 75-round drum, and you're going to prove a point to this guy. All right. And then he winds up dead. Then you're back at your vehicle shuffling again. And all of a sudden, a revolver shows up in his car that he was threatening you with. OK. However, there is none of his DNA on the gun. Only yours. There is none of the suspect's DNA on the gun. No fingerprint, no hair fibers, no nothing. OK. But your fingerprints are on the gun. And your excuse is because you got into the car with no gloves on. So okay. your DNA must have overcame his or something like that. Right. Okay. But you also mm -hmm. tell me what heroin, de heroin dealer that um, is going to be since the judge says he can't believe it'll be an anomaly if he was unarmed. All right. So he was smart enough while he was running, doing 80 miles an hour from the police to perfectly. I mean, perfectly wipe down his revolver and toss that to the floor. He was able to do that. Right. So it's, it's like we are not being honest when there is there are questionable things that are happening. Now, the is there a statute of limitations on that? Say what? Is there a statute of limitations on from when an, inc uh, an incident happens to well, not like with today? Not, not with murder. So since they charged him with murder, there there is no statute of limitations. So now here's what I'm trying to find because, um, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to get to like exactly what happened here. So do you have something that we can reference as to what guns were involved in this? Uh, yeah, know, because I, I know that we're getting some pushback here on on whether or not it was a snub nose or a full size right, revolver or whether or not that he used an AK pistol. So um, what you know, what information do we have that this guy used an AK pistol? Yeah. Hold on. My other question would be, and I'm not knowledgeable about St. Louis. Did this guy patrol a rough neighborhood, the neighborhood that he that felt he was, warranted to carry extra firearms? 
the neighborhood he was patrolling was the Walnut Park area. It's where I grew up at. Is it rough? Yes. Is it is it crime ridden? Yes. Are yeah. there bad people over there? Yes. Do you need to shoot them with an AK-47 pistol? No. Yeah, well, see, that's what's in contention, because I'm looking at a Routers.com article here, and it says, according to court documents, he shot him uh, five times with a service weapon. Okay, hold on. So, oh. um... So I know that they came out in the news and said that not all of the evidence was uh, released to the public and that what had been released was nitpicked out of the original report. I don't know. I haven't looked any of it up. That's why I'm asking. Right. All the evidence from what I'm hearing, and like I said, I just got home, I hopped on here, to, so I didn't get a chance to read all the release from the judge. But I'm trying to bring this video back up too. Hold on. I just sent you a picture of the guns since I know the guns were one thing that was in question. I just sent okay. you the links to those. Okay, let me check the, uh, you know, if, uh, I mean, I've, once you just sent me a bunch of links. Okay, let's see. Two earlier. Use the last two if you want to see the actual um, guns. The guns, okay, yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I, I'm open to someone like sending us articles and things like that. I think we should try to, if we can, you know, get some uh, actual info on what's going on here. Yeah, send your links to Twitter, at Hank Strange. That way he can look at them. <laughs> um, oh, hold on. Sorry. Get this thing turned off. Oh, oh, oh you're blowing eardrums out. Oh, thank no, you. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good, th- thank you. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. Um, so that link that you sent me, what was that? What was that for? Uh, it's two of them. It, that's just the, the, the evidence photos of the guns. Okay, that's a from a Google search? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's the quickest thing I could do. Okay. I'm looking, trying to see if this is the, the video here that I'm looking for. Now, Kevin, you also teach gun um, etiquette and everything too, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. I was on your website earlier. Uh, Hank was giving me some info. I looked you up. Yeah, this guy is, um, no, I'm looking at the fresh video now, grabbing him out. I'm just wondering just how much of the old, uh, the good old boy or buddy system or whatever you want to call it actually goes on because you see a lot of the old mafia stories that come out of New York city and everything, how everybody always takes their buddy's side or hides evidence or does whatever. It's kind of weird that after all these years, this video miraculously appears and now you got a big shit storm hitting the fan. Now this picture that Kevin's talking about from what I see, it's from something that's on STI today.com. And mm-hmm. it's an article on it. And it says, uh, pro- like, there was a prohibited weapon on duty. Stockley was carrying his personal Draco AK-47 pistol on the day of the shooting in violation of department policy. Now, that doesn't mean that's what he used to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, all of a sudden, well, the video of the actual shooting, because I'm looking at one now, the video of the actual shooting is not right there. They didn't show it on that one. So, yeah. So, they, I'll, keep, so I'll keep honey. So, but, um, uh, during tense cross-examination, Tuesday afternoon, still focused on police department rules that Stockley ignored. Stockley said that he knew having his AK-47 was a violation, but said he felt outgunned after observing military-grade shell casings at several recent shootings in the Walnut Park neighborhood. 
He also said the 2010 mass shooting at uh, ABB Inc. in St. Louis had been on his mind. Now, that doesn't mean he had this. It doesn't mean that's what he um, it, it says. He testified he did not fire the AK-47 at Smith's fleeing vehicle, um, either at the church's chicken or after the crash, because he knew its power could endanger his partner or innocent bystanders. Yeah, now at the at the church's chicken, he did not. The video that's supposed to be in question that the, that everybody else supposed to see, which you know I, I don't think the public has seen yet, mm-hmm. and a couple of witnesses, and I don't know what all came out of the court case was that he got out with his AK forty seven pistol, and that's what apparently killed the young man. Now, if it is, and because you know the video took forever to come out, and then all of it still hasn't been seen, and that's what some of the witnesses were saying, and I know that some of the evidence was not admissible in court for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Go to Reddit. Go to Reddit and do a search on Reddit. Everything's posted there, and it's not taken down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will continue to hunt. Uh, but this guy, um, and I, I want to make this clear. The gentleman, um, Mr. So I think he's like he says that um, Stockley testified that Smith's hands weren't moving. He said he returned to to the police SUV and put his AK-47 inside. And that's where that's where it gets a little choppy, right? So he put it inside. So when did it come out? Yeah. So he didn't use it. Like, when did it come out for you to have to take it back? Yeah. Does the autopsy state what type of round he was shot with? That's what I'm waiting to read. And I haven't, I haven't, you know, like I said, I haven't got a chance to dig. That's what I wanted to read because the autopsy will tell all. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of details here. Police reports and testimony from the crime lab. Scientists say Stockley's DNA, but not Smith's DNA, was on the 38 caliber Taurus revolver that police police said was found in Smith's car. So they're saying Stockley's DNA was on there, but not Smith's. Uh, Stockley doesn't deny touching the gun and said he removed his gloves before going into Smith's car because they would have hindered his ability to search. Yeah. Now, let me let me let me get this clear. I mean, I just want to make sure everybody thinks about this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you and and I'm not saying everybody has to be a cop or ever done law enforcement to understand something. But let me tell you one thing about a PD. Everybody wears gloves. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And, And then, two, you have just. Even lawfully, let's let's say everything was right about it. You just shot somebody. He's probably bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The car yeah. had to be chased down. You can see the back window bust out in the car. And I, I don't know if that was from the gunshots or when the, the police vehicle hit it. And I don't know. But either way, the back window was busted out in the car. He got shot. He's bleeding. Forget law enforcement. Tell me that you're going to reach and search into a car with shattered glass and blood in it with no gloves on. Yeah, l- listen. I mean, there's obviously a lot of there's a lot of different things going on here. Um, you know, where this is this is what went on with this thing, right? There's a there's people who looked over this stuff. So this wasn't a jury trial. This was a judge trial, right? So the judge, the judge, so the judge came to this conclusion, mm-hmm. right? And he went over all this evidence. Obviously, there were lawyers on both sides and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, you know, and. Was and this not, judge's word final in this case? Was it? Yeah, I mean, the you, end you, all double jeopardy. You can't go back on murder. So yeah, uh, but, and this judge, and I'm not saying the system set this up to happen this way. I'm, I'm not saying that, but it is. It is. You know, it doesn't help the fact that this judge is being forced out because of age. So you get to a certain age, you have to retire, and this was his last case. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is his last case. He's done. Yeah. And at this point, this guy, you know, his name is out there. I think he's moved to Houston or something like that. He's, he's yeah, fired from the police moved, department. Yeah. They, um, you're talking about Stokely or the judge? The Stokely. Stokely. I don't know about the judge. Uh, yeah, Stokely. Uh, that's what I heard. Now, I don't even verify that. They uh, they held off the verdict for he can get the rest of his family out of town. And then apparently he's supposed to be leaving. So I did hear he was moving far away. I don't I haven't verified that, though. Yeah. So overall, I mean, what can you tell us about what's going on in St. Louis right now with people? You know, where right. are people at with all of this? Are the, obviously, there's protests. Is there any violence? Yeah. So um, right now, there are people protesting. The crowd is getting larger. It started relatively small um, and now it's getting bigger. I will say up until we hopped on here, there had mm-hmm. been, I want to say, three or four assault on police officers, uh, about three or four of them. Caitlin, you, what? Are you going to cook breakfast? Yeah, I will cook in a minute. Go, I'm doing, lady, ma'am, I'm sorry. Um, um, I would say that it started off, it started off pretty small. Um, the protesters have grown in numbers. There were about four assaults on law enforcement officers um, from various things like, um, I believe one cop got pushed down on his bike. Another one got hit in the head with a water bottle. Uh, so very small stuff. No, no, no bats, no guns, no knives, uh, more agitation than anything. The crowd is getting bigger now. And the police chief did release that what was a peaceful protest has now proven to be anything but. And they are looking forward to violence as night falls. So the crowd was is this not guy still a cop all the way up till today or whenever no. this took place. So what? No. Was he was he still um, Tyvin wants to know. No, he was still a police officer. Yeah. He, and see, that was another thing, too. The police department. Essentially, I mean, you got to give I give I give St. Louis CDPD their credit. They let them go. They don't want to have anything to do with it after that. They're like, all right, man. Good. You know, like the PD didn't step up. You didn't see the bunch of, you know, normally the police unions come up and do a lot of, you know, they look, it was pretty quiet. I mean, they they didn't just toss them out to the wolves. But at the same time, they really didn't step in front of them and protect them either. Uh, So this was right after the event that happened back in 2011. They let him go. I don't know about all the time, but it, it was it, they didn't wait till now. Yeah. And he okay. was at some point arrested. Right. Because I can see um, stuff of him in a, an orange jumpsuit. So at some point he was actually arrested. Yeah, yeah he and, was. And they, they just didn't they didn't press charges because, of course, the video wasn't out. And that's what everybody was kind of waiting on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the video is, is what kind of pressed it to him. But, you know, I, and, I know in, I, and in like I'm looking at screen captures of the video, you can see that as he's approaching the car, he it, he has something in his hands and it's not a um, it's not a pistol. It's, it's something longer than a than a service pistol. Now, I want people to understand the St. Louis City Police Department carries Beretta 92s. OK. OK. So just put that in contrast when you're looking at the video. Their service weapon is a Beretta 92. OK. So. It's, you know, when, when you're looking at granny footage and all that, and I'm, you know, it's I'm tough to, it's, okay. Uh, yeah. But that's what you're looking to compare it to, just to give you a little uh, insight. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's one of those things to where, man, you, 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 you just, I, I, what I, and what hurts my heart is, I, I'm, once again, let me be clear. People are downtown right now and they are, they are protesting. What's, mm-hmm. what's going to be upset is that although overall it has been peaceful. Mm-hmm. That was before it got dark. It's dark here now. Um, so we'll we'll see how well that holds up. Um, but if chaos ensues, people get more upset. What happens is folks that don't agree with protest and think everybody who protests is unemployed and all the other jokes that go around. What's going to happen is 
Um, you're going to now they have something that should be questioned. And what you're going to do by while we're, we're, we're cracking jokes and all those things is doing nothing but pissing those people off more. They're going to get more agitated, more violent. Right. Then the police are going to have to do their job. And then you're gonna have to tonight. challenge the police and it's going to constantly go back and forth. I don't I don't think that. And that's that's one thing that really ticks me off. I understand that the pro I hope they stay peaceful. Maybe, maybe not. But what's bothering me while we're waiting to see how the protests go um, is that people are making light of it. You know, like I read a comment today uh, about it was right before we hopped on. A guy said, oh, and it wasn't on, on this stream or anything. It was on another stream. And I won't even mention the, the organization he said it on. But they were putting up a live stream and he said, easy way to solve that. You already killed one of them and now kill all of them that protest. And who said that? Guess what? I'm on, I won't even give him credit. Now, it was oh, it was it was uh, a watcher on somebody else's stuff. So they didn't say it. But just like we're having a live stream conversation now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what he yeah. said. So I don't want to make them look bad because of what he said. But we're having a conversation about it. We're not passing judgment. Right. And, and I mean, a lot of people aren't capable of that. But these are the guys that are are not helping. Right. Because there there might be somebody right now sitting at home on their couch that lives in this area or close to it. It's like, you know what, man, I really don't know if I want to go. And then they start reading enough stupid comments like that. And they're like, you know what? I am going to go. Right. Because I hope to meet somebody that feels that way in person, because now, you know, the big thing is when people protest. Now you have to bring out the people that are anti protesting, whatever they're protesting. Yeah. And that becomes a bigger issue than anything. So, okay, so I think a good direction for us to, uh, you know, good direction for us to take this this conversation is, you know, what do we think can be done about this? You know, obviously, we're just, you know, we're just um, protocol by the police department needs to be closely uh, uh, monitored and have their uh, superiors double check and make sure that their cops are legit and have the proper guns. That's first. And then yeah. on the import on like the 11 o'clock news is coming out here real soon. Hey, if you feel that it's unjust, well, why don't you come and protest at the court steps? Don't harass the police. They didn't have nothing to do with it. The people who are in uniform right now. Don't don't pick on the wrong person. If you've got a problem, go to the city courthouse and, you know, say, hey, we would like to speak to the mayor or whatever. To, to follow protocols that something like this doesn't happen in the future. Yeah, All right. I, I don't mean to jump in, but just to give you an update, the crowd yeah. uh, has about tripled in size. And now people, there are many people uh, that are now, you know, covering up their faces and their nose and uh, hiding their identities and things. Like that. So they're probably getting geared up. It's still a little bit of light outside. It's still a little bit, but they're kind of prepping themselves. Now you see the crowd getting bigger. Uh, the protest is growing stronger and now you're starting to see more people covering their faces up and hiding their identities. So, yeah. So now um, your location relative to this, are you in the middle of this or are you on the outskirts of this right now? I'm on the outskirts. I'm about um, from downtown where it's happening on a decent drive. I'm 20 minutes. OK, so um, your neighborhood's quiet at this point, right? We are quiet, but, um, you know, you know, it's I'm 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 ready because the last okay. time I was about 15 minutes away. I thought it was going to be a peaceful evening. I prepared for the worst, and it came to my neighborhood anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Always be prepared for that. And I noticed there's lots of chatter. I've, I've been trying to read articles and stuff like that mm-hmm. to um, on this, but I see people talking about breakfast. 
someone, I guess your daughter came in and was asking you about oh, breakfast. <laughs> I, I asked a question to the family because I had to get them to the store and I was trying to get them back in the house. We had to cancel plans over the weekend because a lot of my plans included that area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, now we can't do it. I even had a nice gun event. I was taking my son to the mall and we can't do it. So I told him, you know, to make up for it. I'm like, hey, guys, we're going to be hanging out at the house all day tomorrow. You know, we'll have some friends over. Uh, but how about I do uh, you guys? What you think about breakfast for dinner? You know, mm-hmm. breakfast slumber party. Yeah. Bacon. Yeah. You know, we, we hang out in the house. Um, and then I'll tell you about Donovan, which is a trip. Uh, we'll hang out in the house. And my daughter overheard that. And that's when she just came in like, uh, dude, I understand you're talking. But what's up with that breakfast? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, you promised me breakfast. I want to see breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I want to see breakfast. But it's uh, I'm, we're far enough away to be safe. But like I said, like I was telling you guys last time, it wound up coming to my neighborhood. So I'm, I'm prepared. You know, that's why I was sitting up the day before yesterday loading up the mags and putting them with the max that were already loaded and yeah. and just getting ready not to intimidate or scare people but you know and it's not the protesters a lot of people always say oh i'm getting ready for the protesters no you're not you're getting ready for the looters and the rioters if anything you're getting ready for the people there are honest people down there that are protesting they are legitimately just trying to get their voices heard then there are people that are hiding under those people it's like hey yeah you go distract them go yell i want to go break out some windows and steal some shoes mm-hmm. you know like and the, those are the guys that we're watching out for, um, and I don't I don't think that people ought to be making light of that, and I think that's where we start losing battles too. That's where we start losing things when race comes in. At for example, people will pick this apart. Oh, what gun did he have? Did he shoot the gun? And that's what we do, right? We look at the stuff. We want to want to get into all the analytical details, right? Oh, mm-hmm. did he, okay, he was wrong. Well, you know what? He should have just died, and we start nitpicking and giving our opinions. This happens, and I'm not saying this is where we're focused at. But this happened to be a black guy killed by a white cop, right? Now I didn't rewind, even know that. But rewind about a month. Did we nitpick the cop when he just rushed the nurse out the hospital, or did we flat out say this guy is wrong? It was like nobody, re- and I'm not saying it was because she was white or anything like that. I'm saying it was because oh, we see a cop abusing his power at um, when a, a poor nurse while she was at work. Oh, this guy is wrong. Now, if that be, if he goes to trial for some charge, which I know they're going to settle all court and we'll probably never really hear about this thing again. But if he was to go to trial because, say, she said you broke my arm and she was to go Are to trial. Are you talking about the nurse who refused to draw the blood on the drunk dude? Exactly. But everybody, we unanimously, everybody was on her side, right? Like, no, he's a jerk. He's wrong. Everybody, police unions, everybody across the board. Was on her, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have been because I mean he yeah, clearly. Was. But I think in that situation, it was blatantly clear what happened. I mean, there's lots of video on that. I think in this situation, I'm not saying it's not clear what happened, but you know, and I'm not but, saying that it that I'm not taking um, anyone's side really. I think there's a lot of things that went wrong here on both sides. A lot of times when you have this kind of thing happen, when someone loses their life, and that's mm-hmm. the, that's the big difference in these two things, you know. Um, she got arrested. She kind of resisted a little bit, but not to that extent. It didn't yeah, get. Not, yeah, it didn't get. It didn't get um, violent to this extent. Obviously, this got violent. Um, they were going to arrest this guy. This guy resisted. He backed up into them. That becomes now you're threatening them. There's a chase. There's all kinds of things involved in there. I'm looking at pictures. You can clearly see this guy does not have a Beretta 92 in his hands. He's got, you know, some kind of pistol carbine you know, or, or a carbine. He's got like a, it's, it's uh, not a, a service weapon. Right. 
It's right. a little bit, it's longer than that. It's at least like two, three times the length of that, that he approached his car several times. Obviously there's autopsies and stuff like that. And they would know what he actually shot him with and everything. It gets complicated. And I think that, um, that's a lot of what's going on here. And I don't think because you commit a crime, that means that you should die. I definitely don't believe that. If you commit a crime, you should get arrested. You know, now if you commit a crime and you resist that arrest, you open yourself to more danger. Now, if, if when you open yourself to more danger, that police officer that decides to use deadly force against you, you know, if there's multiple things going wrong here, like, for example, he said he was carrying around this a, this AK pistol and this big he was he was carrying that around. He did have that. It clearly looks like he was going back and forward with it, whether or not he used it. He was worried about something. So, you know, there's a certain amount of danger that they feel that they're facing. But what were the policies here? Right. What are the yeah. policies of the police department? What kind of training uh, goes on? And then ultimately what's happening is that we either want police officers or we don't want police officers. We either want police protection or we don't want it. Right. If we have police protection, regardless of who they are, regardless of what their color of their skin is. I mean, if these police, if these um, if you have areas that are predominantly black and the police officers are predominantly black and they get into this situation, it's highly likely they're going to wind up killing someone. The issue becomes what kind of training do they have? What kind of um, what kind of tools are they given to to um, to carry out their duty? Right. There's a lot of things that goes into it and lots of people are culpable in this in this situation. And to me, the ultimate resolution of all of this for people, nothing wrong with protesting. I think people should protest. You got you're mad. Get out there. Say that you're mad about it and you don't like it. But if you're the people who live in these neighborhoods and you're mad about this, the people who are elected in these neighborhoods that are in charge of the police departments, you're the one that hired them unless you didn't vote. Um, you know, I will, I will, I will say this to that. That's a message I've been telling people, even beyond like who's policing your community. Uh, you people need to start taking their voting power a lot more serious because that will get a lot of things changed. I think when it comes down to the PD themselves, um, I can say this about St. Louis City Police Department. They, they, they don't. On average, they're on par with keeping guys up to speed, at least if nothing else, you know, with um, how to interact with the community. They, they do try to put effort toward that. I will give them that. What I will say is this, you cannot have a society without police. It's not gonna happen. I don't, I don't care how many, people how many times people say, we can police ourselves. No, we can't, okay? You, you absolutely not. You cannot. If you think that no, it's you can. now, imagine your neighbor who's been a plumber for 30 years deciding he's just gonna start policing the neighborhood with no training at all. Imagine mm -hmm. how that'll be. Um, so no, I don't. I don't. I, I know we we need police, and we just we need to uh, work with the police, and you need to be friendly with the police. At the same time, we also need to hold them accountable for the things that they do. Um, I don't. I think that people need to understand that it's really really hard because there are a couple of things that happen. Right? You see a cop. You're a good cop. You see bad cop do something wrong. You want to have bad cop stopped. Now, if you tell on bad cop. All of a sudden, there go your promotions. People don't want to work with you. You're labeled a snitch internally. You know, you, you're, you're thrown into a black hole, right? You have career aspirations. You've always wanted to grow. You saw yourself as a sergeant, lieutenant, captain, police chief, right? And if you if you point this guy out and uh, 
tell the truth on them, all of a sudden you're giving up your career. And then you have to move jurisdictions. Well, yeah, but in, even if, but in, well, I can speak for this area. Everybody knows everybody. Because even amongst police departments, there's no snitching. So the criminals have right. no snitching and the police departments the police have, have no snitching. snitching. Yeah. Right. And then when you, if you don't snitch on this guy, you know, then you're helping it out. But here's the thing. And I'm just holding people accountable. If you snitch them out, the police turn on the police and are like, no, we're not going to work with you. You know, you suck, go in a corner, file paperwork for the rest of your career. But then a the community doesn't stand behind you. Right. We don't rally and gear up the same way we would if you were quiet and his bad cop got out. Because, for instance, let's say the partner, which he didn't. I want to make this clear. He did not. But let's say the guy that was with, with uh, Stokely that day. Let's say if as soon as the shooting was over with, he walked right into internal affairs and said he was wrong. I'm going to tell you how he was wrong. And I'm going to back that up with video evidence. All right. Right now, we're protesting because this cop was found not guilty. If that cop walked in internal affairs and gave his point of view and said, yes, he was wrong. Yes, this is wrong. All right, fine. He will either be out of a job or sitting on a desk somewhere. His career will be over. How much protest will we do for him? Right. And so we have to look at things from that perspective, too, because you're asking people to do right. Don't get me wrong. You're asking them to do the right thing. But what are they giving up to do the right thing? And then how do we actually have their back? There was a uh, I don't I don't remember the details of the story, but there was a police officer in I want to say Cincinnati. It was a female cop and she pointed out something bad that was going on in the department or whatever. And it wound up being true. And they fired her because of it, because she spoke up about some things. They fired her. I think she was on the news one or two days and it went away. Like, what are we doing for her? You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's like you have to understand that as a community, if we back people and support them the right way, then we can help policing get rid of their blue line policy. You know, as far as hiding the bad stuff, you need the blue line. But talking about when you had the bad stuff behind the line, you can help with that. At the same time, we do need to be accountable and held accountable for when you are putting yourself in a situation. The analogy I use is this. You have people say that the, the system is broke, police are using any reason to kill you, especially if you're a black man. They're looking for anything. Move wrong. Don't move wrong. Reach for your wallet. Put your hands in the air. Whatever. You're going to get shot. I'm not even going to argue that. But think about it like this. If you had a cousin that you knew was a thief, everybody in the family knows this cousin steals. It's not it's not a secret. Right. And this cousin comes in your house and you have to run to the restroom. But you got just some gym shorts on. You got your wallet in your hand. All right. You got 300 bucks in this wallet and you toss the wallet on the table while you just run in the bathroom real quick. And you come back out, go to shoot basketball and your 300 bucks is gone out of your wallet. Whose fault is that? Uh, the guy left the wallet. Yeah, it's your fault. You see what I mean? So, if you, if, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. I would you, rather have my 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 yeah, uh, your, my bowels explode than lose my 300 bucks. I, so and, I, you, and that cousin would not even be coming in my house, right? But if you if you're going to if you're going to hope, I'm not saying that one is right and one is wrong, but if you understand that this is what's happening, I need you to stop putting yourself in a situation. You know, right. don't let your cousin in your house and put your wallet on the table if you know he steals. Yeah. If you believe, it ain't up to me to believe it. If you believe that the police are out to get you, whether I disagree with you forever, if that's what you believe in your heart, stop putting yourself in situations that helps it. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's a, this is a three-dimensional problem. This is a three-dimensional 
uh, situation. And the solution to it is three-dimensional. It's not just one thing that we're going to be able to do. It's all the way around. And there's lots of things, I think, in our society. You know, we're still living off of old rules, man. We're in 2017, almost 2018 at this point, And we're not like acting, you know, like we're not acting like we're in the future. We're acting like we're in the past. So, it's easy now. The new world will take advantage of that. No, I understand that, but there's some things we just have to deal with. And, you know, either we'll just be here complaining until until people snap and then we're back to what we were talking about in the beginning, where there's just like fighting in the streets, you know, and, um, you know, civil war amongst us all. No, or no, we're gonna dis- Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say or we're going to decide that we're going to try to fix these problems and we're going to it's not just. There's not just one solution. It's not just one person to blame. I agree with Kevin. You're a criminal. Uh, the, the best way to avoid stop being a criminal. At the same time, um, I think we have in some cases too many police officers. I think more people in, in different places need to have the right to defend themselves and, and bear arms and all that. But we're still going to have police officers doing a job. We've got to respect that and be able to deal with that. Um, and they and they also have to, you know, there has to be some new policies, better training and all that kind of stuff, in, um, you know, involved here as well. Right. Now, I, right. I can, yeah, you're right. And I've I, got to remember, I worked for the St. Louis City PD for a while. I know a lot of those guys. Right. And uh, even still today, what I do with training and gun stuff, of course, I'm still you can't be in guns and not know cops. Right. It just it goes hand in hand. It, it just happens. Um so when you were when you were sitting back in your and that's why people, you know, I get some people to get upset at me because I don't come out and say, oh, the police suck. Well, I'm not going to say that because I that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a true statement. man. It wouldn't be a true statement. That would not be a true statement. I've shed blood with these guys. I've been in the trenches with these dudes and I'm not going to say that. And then after all that, I'm breaking bread and having jokes and then family barbecues with these guys. These are not bad people. This was an incident of a questionable gentleman at best doing some questionable things. And I think the way that we fix it, one good step would be this. Stop giving people the benefit of the doubt because of their job. I think that will help open up a lot of dialogue. Now, if he winds up being right, he winds up being right. But what I see a lot of people doing is saying, you were potentially a criminal, all right? Because the police are talking to you. You're a cop. So whatever he did, it's probably going to be justified. And that's the way we look at it. I think now we have to start looking at things from like, you know what, person A going that corner, person B going that corner, and let's see what comes out of it. And not, you know, look at people for what their profession is. Because this, unfortunately, and I know this might be hard for a lot of people watching this and people in the world sometimes to understand. But guys, here's the cold, hard truth. I'm not saying that every high profile shooting was unjustified. I'm not even having that argument right now. What I am telling you is this, that exact same neighborhood that he uh, that this this incident just happened in is the neighborhood I grew up in. I'm here to tell you, I have never been criminally charged with anything. Never got in trouble. Great student in school. Stayed out. I mean, I did my wild stuff as a kid, but nothing crazy. And I'm here to tell you that in this in this city, when I was a kid, and even growing up, I got harassed a lot by the cops. All right. Sometimes the harassment was completely ignoring me when I was asking them to stop and talk to me. All right. But then again, there were times where I was walking through my neighborhood at night. A female patrol officer rolled up on me. I'm just knowing this is about to go bad. We're walking home from a party, me and my buddy. And she rolls up. She says, hey, where are you going? And I always tell the truth. I gave her my whole address. Like, ma'am, I'm going to this address. I am on my way there right now. 
And she says to me, you know what? This neighborhood is not the safest. You guys get in the car. I'm going to take you home. And on our way there, she was talking to us about our favorite foods and stuff like that. So I understood at a young age, there's a balance. But there are people in, in communities that are poor. I'm, I'm sorry. And it's not you can do ratios and statistics and all that. But you know what? People don't care about stats when it's happening to them. They just don't. Yeah. All right. right. And it's happening to these people in these neighborhoods. And a lot of the times they are being talked to wrong. You are being chastised differently. All right. If, if you get a kid that is and, you know, from the suburbs, he might still get harassed a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I had one buddy tell me. He was like, Kevin, believe it or not. I'm just showing there's um, uh-huh. I'm just trying to show right. on Lola's phone, the protests and stuff like that. He, he told me that if you are, believe it or not, if you're a you white guy in the suburbs and you drive a Ford Mustang, you're harassed by the police a lot. OK, I'm not going to argue that. But there are people that are harassed by the police a lot in these communities. And when they are when you have questionable incidents happen, you have to expect for them to be upset because they're also the same people that were getting smacked upside the head by the, by the cops. You know, when I was a kid and I'm not I don't think all cops are bad at all. But we did have a police officer that got out of his car um, and for no reason at all grabbed me by my throat. I didn't even know what the hell was going on. Just grab me by my throat. All right. The only and but I will say this too. A lot of people are saying, oh, white cops are bad and it's the white men that are doing it. I have never, I've had three cops in in my life point guns at me. Three of them. Okay. Three times that happened. And all of them were black. None of the cops. To be honest with you, Kevin, I don't think that it it's the 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 white guy on black guy or the black guy on white guy or black on black white white, it doesn't matter. I do believe that the black guys, like if you walk down the street, it's more publicly opinionated because I see that regardless of your ethnic background throughout the United States. It happens everywhere. What, that if you're walking down the street, the cop says, what are you doing walking down the street? Yeah, they're just saying, hey, what are you doing? Because you always got that some butthole out there, spray painting, throwing eggs, or breaking into something, or, you know, vandalizing a car or whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with the cop saying, hey, what are you doing? Now, if they're asking for your license and all that other stuff, well, hey, if you're going to accuse me of something, you need to leave, you know, read me some rights. But if they just say, hey, what's going on? You know, if you talk to a cop, you know, I yeah, see I mean, a lot of people are just within, scared to go up the... and say hi to a cop. They'll go up and say hi to a soldier. Thank you. But they never go up to a cop and say, yeah. hey, sir, thanks, man. I appreciate you for what you're doing, you know, and all that. But to get back to your other point, Kevin, there are some societies that there are no police around. Um, the small town that I grew up, there's a cop on duty from 8 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. That's it. It's one guy, one cruiser. Anything else goes down, you got to call the county sheriff, and they're going to drive 60 miles over to where you're at to investigate. So but how was crime? How was crime growing up like that? What kind of crime? The only crime we got around our place is meth labs, and then they've got SWAT teams out of Columbus coming down and stalking and doing all their investigations because our local police departments don't have the facilities or the equipment to even investigate anything like that. Right. And then you got if if you see somebody being shot or somebody's breaking into your house, you can pretty much expect tomorrow morning you're gonna hear about somebody got killed in their house because where we're from, you don't break into people's houses. We've got guns. We've got more than guns. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. I Go think ahead, it, it belongs to the population area and the city and location. Yeah, it's definitely, um, there, there's definitely a situation that's going on in urban uh, areas or communities where it gets worse. You probably have a lot of police officers there. You have maybe a lot of guys that are underpaid, uh, undertrained, you know, um, they're intimidated by the people the that are supposed to be serving. Are undertrained. Yeah, that as well. Absolutely. I think you have a lot of that going on as well. And, and you know what? I mean, to, you know, um, I, I could tell you that a lot of times in life, like how we all deal with each other, it, it comes down to how you talk to someone. Right. Yep. Now, sometimes yeah. you can't afford it. You can't avoid a fight. Sometimes you get into a situation where you can't avoid a fight. A lot of times it's just a perfect storm. You're mad. That guy's mad. You don't want to give him any respect. He doesn't want to give you any respect. But most of the times in life, it's just how you talk to people. You know, and how you communicate with, with each kindness. other. But you know what? That's 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 another good point too. And I know it's kind of kind of off of this this riot thing. I was just trying to keep up with what's going on. But at the same time, I I do think that on a larger scale, to everybody's point, that will help a lot. You know how you just said, Tyvin? You don't see anything wrong with a cop just saying, "Hey, what are you doing?" Kind of a soft investigation. Yeah. Why don't you get out the damn car and ask me my name and say, "Hey, man, where you living around here?" Oh, okay. Well, my name is so and so. And yeah, hey, I've just been assigned over here and blah, blah, blah. And it, it hurt me because when I, I used to live in the suburbs when I was a kid, right? And I never forget this. Um, I was It's a county called Breckenridge Hills. And this cop pulled up on me. I always had to be in like the fifth or sixth grade. And he was like, hey, what are you doing, young man? And I didn't have an opinion about the police at that age. I'm just like, I told him. I was like, oh, I'm just chasing my ball up the street, whatever I was doing. He was like, all right, you and your buddies come here. We walked over to the police car. And this is when police cops, cops car were cool, right? It was the, like old Caprices, I think it was at the time. And he gave us some some baseball cards, some really really stale gum inside. All right, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? but I'm he sure got you to the lights on. Did you get to go through talk through the he PA system? Yes, not that particular cop, but uh, there were some cops in the neighborhood that will let you climb in the car and play around with the stuff, you know, and have a good time. But he got out the car. He told us who he was, and he was big on education. He believed this guy will stop all the time. How are your grades in school? How are you grades in school? And that was his thing, though. But we knew him. So whenever we would walk home, and we, it was a couple other cops, too. We would walk home, and we would see him. We would literally, as kids, jump up and down and wave at him and be like, hey, hey how brother. are you kids? And what are you doing? And yada, yada. Be like, hey, you guys want to go to Taco Bell? Sure, let's go. And we'll go. And, and that was, so when, if we did get in trouble, it's harder for you to look at that guy and say, you're a, you're a racist and you're a bit, no, nah, you screwed up and John's locking you up today. <laughs> it's honest. It's, it's just, the, it's the public relationship right now between not just law enforcement, but just public in general. Everybody's doing this and this and this and this. There's no social interactive between people. Yeah, we don't anymore. See, we don't see each other as human beings anymore, you know, and we have to teach. We have to try to, like, remember ourselves to see each other as human beings and teach our children to see people as human beings. Uh, Lola's reminding me, like, my, our kids have been pulled over and they've been fine, you know. I think uh, one night uh, our boys were coming back from the movies, probably at like one o'clock in the morning, and they were going a little fast. They got pulled over. The police officer asked them, you know, what they were, what, where they were going and where they were coming from. And, you know, they just answered the questions. Um, I'd like to think that I talk, I've taught my kids how to talk to people. And I know people tell me that all the time that, you know, they're well-mannered and all that. And so she, you know, she let him go with a warning. They didn't get a ticket or anything like that. It didn't wind up being violent. 
That's I, what I think, it should be. When you're young, unless you're blatantly doing 150 mile an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone, but if yeah. you're just out with your buddy and you're cruising around late at night, you're not paying attention. You're out with your friends having fun, you know, yeah. doing but whatever, you, you, chasing you also, women. Right. You also need to be reminded that you're driving a vehicle and there's laws and you have to obey those laws no matter what time it is. Right. I mean, but you shouldn't get a ticket every time. Oh, yeah, I understand that. And they didn't. You know, I think a lot of that and it didn't go further and all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of that is is uh, what comes into play here. Um, the problem is, is that we just I think more and more we don't see each other as human beings. And there's reasons. I think you have to realize that there's re- I remember when I was a kid in the 80s. Um, right. Across oh, my God, you were so old. Yeah, I am old, actually. Um, Right across the street, I was out in the street playing with my friends, and down the block, all of a sudden, we noticed there were all these police cars. We heard something, but we didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Then all of a sudden, there were all these police cars, and it was crazy uh, across the block. And and later on, I found out, um, and this was in Far Rockaway, uh, there was a police officer that got into something with a suspect. They got into a shootout, and he had a revolver, and he ducked down – you know, outside of his car, he ducked down to reload the revolver and the suspect had a, um, a semi-auto and he just walked up to him and shot him in the head. Wow. And that was the end of that guy, you know? And so back then for me, I think is when I started to realize like the world is changing. There's, you know, this old school policing that we were talking about changed from then. This is when these guys started realizing like, you know, they needed better weapons. They need this thing. They need that thing. So, and as time goes on and as we're more and more playing video games or we don't talk to people as much and we're more and more isolated from each other, you know, that's becoming worse and worse where we don't see each other as human beings. Personally, like that's why I like living in a small town in the country because, you know, the police officer, first of all, there's not a lot of police officers. They don't have big budgets, but they are out there working hard and they're out there helping people. So like my uh, local sheriffs in the storms after the storm, they were out there helping people to clean up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You don't see that a lot anymore. Um, Someone's reminding me of the Miami shootout. That's another thing that kind of like created that huge divide you you know you can see why these guys know that every time whether it's in the whether it's in a small town in the country like where i live or in a big city every time they're going to deal with someone they are potentially coming to the situation that's going to be the end you know that is the truth and that is that is that flat out truth and let's not forget miami was a drug cartel or something like that right it's a little bit different but when you're when your community and that's see, that's what's missing to me. Community policing. When you're doing that, that's a little bit different. And w- another thing, too. And now there's there. I'm just not going to put all this on the cops. Now, it's kind of segueing off your point. Hank. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at society as a whole, um, let's focus on the community. That's yes. this one thing. Right. The, the, the minority urban community whole thing. Right. When you are when 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 you look at. Kids without fathers that aren't used to men giving them command and authority parents. And like I said, I won't, I can't use any particular examples, but I'm around educators a lot. Parents now, and I'm talking about kids are in a second, third grade are so quick to tell the teacher that they're wrong. They're not even <laughs> listening to what your kid's doing wrong They They come to the school ready to fight the teacher. Usually your mom came to the school ready to whoop you. 
um, because she had to leave work and you're interrupting her day. And now the kid, the, the, the parents are so busy defending the kids that the kids aren't used to being chastised. So when this young man or young girl grows up and all of a sudden now I didn't have to listen to teachers. I don't I didn't I barely had to listen to my parents and maybe that was the only person I listened to. And now all of a sudden I got somebody in this little cute uniform. Who you who you think you're talking to? Who are you raising your voice at? You That's- don't tell me what to do. I can tell you oh, people say that a lot. You don't tell me what to do. So all of a sudden, it's the authority that's being disrespected. Yeah. I don't I don't care anything about your authority. And that also is sparking off the wrong kind of conversations from yeah, the beginning. Yeah. Because I don't have to respect you because I'm not used to having to respect anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, I 100% agree with you. And I think along with that goes the fact that people, that kids don't know how to talk. Like if you come across a kid that knows how to talk, you're shocked. True. <laughs> you know, how to have a conversation. And I've seen a lot of times I think I think there's lots of police officers out there that try to talk to people, even in bad neighborhoods. They try to talk to people and they're talking to someone that they know could have drugs on them or have a, uh, some kind of weapon or whatever. But they're just talking to them. Um, one of the things is that we're just getting into that zone where, you know, there's just people we don't know how to communicate you know, and like you said, uh, also, we we're so hyper aware of all our different rights and stuff like that. There has to be a balance. We have to start looking at this in a more three dimensional way of fixing it. I think we're all at fault. At some point, we need to recognize that we're all at fault. You need to you be better parents. You need to be better people. We need to realize we're all human beings, all of the above. And there is well, something I, I really hate about these type of situations. And there's where people stop. And this is another thing, and it's kind of it's on subject, but off subject. I don't know how clear this is, but I'm going to show this picture. It's another reason why I don't like riots like this, because with what's potentially going to happen up here, because it's already getting worse as we're talking, it's getting worse. Um, you would need to have the ability to protect yourself. Right. So a guy like me is fortunate enough to have a little bit of sense and have some ammo laying around. This was me three hours ago at Walmart. See the ammo? Mm-hmm. Oh, empty. Yeah. Empty. They cleared everything. Every now, the people didn't buy this. They just took it off the shelf. Oh, so, Walmart took took the uh, yeah. shelves. Yeah, ammo off of the shelves. Right. So let's say I'm the good guy, and I'm trying to. Uh oh, you know, I'm just going to go in the house. I need to hunker down. Hey, I, I needed a couple hundred extra rounds of nine mil or whatever I needed, and I ran to Walmart to get some milk, some eggs, some water, and some nine mil. Nope. And that's another thing I try to express to people. You're not time. even involved. Yeah, I know. You just wanted to get ammo because you already got plans to go to the range tomorrow. But you yeah, have yeah. been you're not even a part of it. Well, let that be let that be a list. I don't think that's cool. I think it's, um, you know, Walmart. That's their policy now. Um, this is what they're doing. It's not the first time um, they took ammo off the shelves for the hurricane. So, you no, know, they put just plastic gonna... signs and stuff up. It says we don't sell ammo or guns during a uh, natural uh, catastrophe or something. Yeah. So they've got lots of reasons why they're doing that. I think what you, you know, it's, I don't agree with it. I don't think that's a good thing. At the same time, this is why you need to do these things ahead of time. You know, it's one thing to get the guns and get all the cool guns. Lots of people get cool guns and don't have any kind of ammo. They don't have uh, magazines. They don't have training. (laughs) Yep. You know, they don't take the time to do all that stuff. They don't think ahead. They don't prepare. And um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's something you should definitely do. I'm going to take a quick second here. We're going to probably wrap this up. We've been going almost two hours, okay. but but I want to, you know, uh, before we start wrapping up and stuff like that, I do want to do the roll call and shout out people that I missed. Uh, Mike Bryant, DC2 okay. Mega Boost, Vanessa Kitty, which I think I did, Wardex, Michael Smith, Dead Enders, Boss Hog, Philo, Mr. Holster, 
Esteban Armour Feliz Dad. I think I think I got that right. Mr. Some Guns, Tony London, Chris Bullis, Crispy, John Smith, Lawrence Lurwick, Ryan Baker. Lots of people out there. If I forgot you, uh, hit me up again and I'll do it. And uh, let me just remind people once again, make sure you thumbs up this video. We need that. Yeah. Yeah. We need the thumbs up. You know. Um, yeah. So where were we? Yeah. We were talking about Walmart. I, you know, yeah, so yeah. Walmart ahead. might as well just stop. <laughs> and pretty soon they're not gonna. I'm sure they're not gonna carry ammo and guns and all that. There's lots of stores going that route. Some WalMarts inside city limits don't carry gun or ammo. You have to be within a certain district or outside so many feet outside of like a residential area in order for them just to carry ammo. And then the WalMarts that are outside the city limits can carry guns and ammo. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Kevin, you look like you want to throw up some guns. Oh yeah, let me see what you got. Guns, right. So this is um, this is now you probably seen this. This is Donovan's uh, uh, little pistol from the other day. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. the one he uh, cleared, safety, and everything, then popped up in front of him and said, "Hey, pop, look what I got." Yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've um, uh, it, it was about time that I upgraded him a little bit. So we we changed it up a little bit. So we got. Hank, his, uh, can you lock him? Never mind. I can switch. Gonna, no, I'm gonna lock. I'm gonna lock Kevin in because I'm making yes. noise. There you go. Yes. Can, yes, the magazine is loaded. Deal with it. All right. <laughs> up, up just a little bit. Up just a little bit. Can you hold it up a little bit higher? There you go. There we go. All right. So we we changed it up a little bit. So we got the Vortex Spark Two. We got his little Rue backup sights um, for quick shooting. And of course, I'm the one that's uh, running around with this tonight, but. I'm gonna probably let him keep the upgrade. So we got his nice little light up top here. And yes, even though the the front side is folded down, even if it was up, you still get plenty of light out of it, where you can still see what you're doing. Uh, the dot is raised, and it's still co-witness with the iron sights, in case anybody was wondering. Um, so yeah, and we do actually have, well, you can see it. We have rounds in the mag. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, this is um this is gonna be what's gonna be hanging out with me in the house tonight. Um, the We've had conversations about what happens if things go bad, but I didn't feel like having my big guys out tonight, so we'll be. Um, now, is Donovan renting that to you? Are you paying him a fee for his gun? <laughs> that was my <laughs> next question. Um, he he, when he saw it come out, and you know, it's a funny story when I because the kids they closed a lot of the schools down today, and sent a lot of kids home early, so he actually got home a couple hours earlier than expected, um, and because of that, you know, he he started hearing about everything going on. You know, they were talking about it at school. And I had to have a conversation with my son about it and why dad is, is doing certain things around the house that he was doing. Um, just, you know, make sure everything's tight. Um, being adult, and, being prepared, being right. responsible, protection of the family and property. And all those things. And it still broke his little heart because he's, he's oh. such to an understanding that now don't get me wrong. He, he's willing to do what needs to be done. But he, he asked a question and this is a baby. He's I mean, he's 11, but he's still a baby. He's asking dad, why? And that's exactly what he says. Like, why or why why did that man have to die, and why are people going to break stuff because of it? Like, and to sit and try to have those conversations, and I just want to have to have, but to sit and have those conversations with an eleven year old, I think is really unfair. Yeah, it's right? never easy, but we have to do it, and we have to explain to our kids that this is the world we live in. You know, sure. we live in the world. It's it's um, you know, even though times are changing and stuff like that, the world's always been a dangerous place. Uh, let me do some shout outs. Kill Wolf, I guess. I thought I got dead enders, but, I'll do, you know, 
We shout out to Dead Enders. Now, Dead Enders says we need to start a GoFundMe for Kevin for a new hat. Um, not only do we need to get Kevin to get it, not only do we need his butt to get a new hat, we, he needs to stop wearing these HK t-shirts. Jesus. Every man. time I see Kevin in a video, look at that, just too much HK. I wish I had like auto blur for the, you know, Kevin is an HK guy, obviously. Yeah, you know, I think people are really getting comfortable with me because they are not holding back anymore. <laughs> I yeah, honestly, an HK guy, there's lots of non-HK people in here, so we got to represent at some point for the oh, non-HKers. Okay, yeah. look, I'm going to show, I'm going to show. So you know what? Check what this got? out. Check this out. Hold on. Let me lock this. Let me lock this. Oh, wait a minute. What's the HK stand for? Oh, hey, boy. Customers, hey, customers, I know. Yeah. I, I didn't hear that. People are going to say hate customers. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> well, what's it really stand for? Heckler and Coke. Yeah. Heckler and Coke. Well, okay. Yeah, it's a gun manufacturer. Um, be be glad you've never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> be glad you've never heard of them, Tiny. Oh, you got the Black Rain American yeah. now. So here we go. Black Rain up in here. SBRs. SBRs I didn't know you were the that. Black Rain, hey? Uh, these aren't mine. These belong to Tony, a.k.a. Big Daddy. Okay. And the Big Daddy guns, these are these are his guns right here. These are not my guns. I found these in the safe, so I was like, oh, guns are in the safe? That means I'm Is that an them. air freshener? No, that's the tag, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, it says Black Rain on it, so obviously <laughs> this hasn't even been used yet. Um, I don't think Black Rain paints these all the way down to the uh, stocks. I think Tony had that done. He had the stocks. So there you go. You know they're here in Missouri, yeah. right? Oh, they are? Okay, very cool. Um, shout out to Big Daddy. Big Daddy's actually on his way to to, uh, to NYC. I, I was talking to him. He's on his way to, to New York City. So he's, are this 308 or 556? No, these are 556. Unfortunately, he wasn't okay. able to take these with him. No, not to <laughs> Yeah, can't take these to NYC. I am a Black Rain fan. Okay, so for everybody with the HK, this ought to make you feel better. Look at this great piece of American quality here, right? Uh, it's empty chamber, so I'll close it for you guys can see it. Smith & Wesson, 64K frame, all right? Does that make up for it? Yeah. All right, <laughs> got my speed loader here. See? It's not a six and a half inch barrel, dude. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a six and a half inch barrel. It's a Smith & Wesson. Yeah, it's gotta be a six and a half inch barrel. Oh boy. Know what, Tyron? I just want to muzzle flash. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, hey, I'll break out my 357. We'll have a uh, five round speed loading test uh, competition on hey, on hey, revolvers hey, now. I'm going to cheat. Look, this thing is already loaded, so I can already I can race you because I can just drop it in there and hit cheater, the cheater, yeah. cheater. How long does it take you to load up the speed loader? You know, we are not going to keep having these. <laughs> um, Lawrence, I do have one other cool thing I want to show off. So, okay, go ahead, show us. Lawrence Lawrence Lerwick says that you need a Hank Strange T-shirt, which I agree with. You need a Hank Strange T-shirt and a Safety Harbor Firearms hat. Now, if you can spend all that money on HK, you can get you a Hank Strange T-shirt. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm rocking my uh, unsinkable shirt in support of uh, Texas, Houston. You know, everything that went down. I ordered one of these unsinkable shirts from uh, Forged from Freedom. That's who has our, that's who um, does the Hank Strange shirts and all that kind of stuff. Say this. I am going to get me a Hank Strange T-shirt. Okay, that's going to happen. And let me just say this. I didn't pay for what I have on. Okay, so now. There, there, there is that. That is, that is no <laughs> right. excuse. That's I, I'm, I'm just saying, man. That's no excuse. excuse. 
Leave me alone. So here's somebody. You went to hang out at HK and you got a whole bunch of swag from HK. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's a great hat though. You got. Hey, well, wait a minute. You say that? How come a brother didn't hook up another brother with a free HK T-shirt? No, no, we don't want you to get. I ain't gonna wear nothing. I send him. (laughs) Nothing I have will fit you. So it's like. Hey, listen, um, listen, uh, listen. He could use like a sleeping blanket. (laughs) You know, he doesn't have to use it as a shirt. (laughs) So this is the LAV. G19, right? You've probably seen a gazillion of these around, right? Yeah. LAV G19. Here's what you haven't seen. So that's that. But to go along with the LAV G19, I have a bag of goodies here, right? You want to see what's in the goodie bag? Uh-oh, what's in the goodie bag? In my goodie bag, for all the great people out there, this is what makes this Larry Vickers unlike any other LAV you've seen. And I have the photos to prove it and a video to prove it. Because nobody has the matching signed LAV mags. Wow. Okay. So everyone knows right now that Kevin is totally a gun snob. (laughs) (laughs) But I am a little bit jealous that you got Larry Vickers. (laughs) So I actually got the signed mag. Where was this? At SHOT Show? (laughs) Yeah, I caught him at SHOT Show. And uh, I remember you said you were going to give those away, right? You're giving those away? Yeah, you were supposed to send me one. (laughs) No, I didn't say that. And look, that's how smart I was because I knew I was going to run into them. I actually um, bought, you know, the marker, the pen thing that is perfectly matched up with the gun. Like, to make sure that it matched off. But yeah, after he signed this for me out of pity, after he embarrassed me. LAV is a smart dude, man. And he was he was he was embarrassing the hell out of me. I, you know, he was just asking me a bunch of gun questions and stuff back from the turn of the century. I couldn't keep up. No, uh, I, I I've never met Larry Vickers. He is a cool dude. I'm a fan yeah. of Larry Vickers. And then if you're a Glock fan, which I said one day I might I might do something with these, but no promise. Here's a G17 mag signed by uh, Shane Coley, the captain of Glock shooting team. Okay, so you apparently have like a, a collection of magazines signed by people. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know what, Hank? Here's my thing. I never know what's going to be a thing to other people, so I just do things and hold on to things because when it becomes a thing to somebody else, it might be yeah. worth something to them. Yeah. So let me guess. Do you carry around two empty magazines and a, a felt, uh, felt tip marker with you everywhere yeah, you go? Yeah, always ready. Uh, I, only, look, I only carry certain things when I know I'm going to be certain places, and I always play it smooth. So I'm like, what's up, man? I'm like, oh, dude, what's up? Oh, nothing much, man. How's the family? Cool. Hey, sign that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sign it. You know, while they're talking, like put the pen in there. I'm gonna do the same thing to Hank when I see him. Sign oh, things. Boy. I'm like the, uh, I'm like yeah. the football. You know how football players take off jerseys and swap jerseys at the end of the game. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I I'm not into sports. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. So they they swap jerseys and stuff at the end of the game. Yeah. And get um, you a six shooter. If you don't have a six shooter, get one. Yeah, someone says Strangeaholic T-shirt. Yeah, we should get get something like that. Axe air freshener for when your gun smells skanky. Wardex. So, so there you go. Uh, let, let me ask you a quick question, Kevin. Since you're 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 uh, showcasing the revolver. Yes. Do you have a, prefer- a preference over a short barreled revolver or a uh, long barreled revolver? I'm not talking about everyday carry or anything like that. I'm talking. I wanted to go to the range today. And I'm going to enjoy myself. And you have a short one and you have a long one. Which one do you prefer? Uh, it would be the long one. I, I am not the biggest fan of snubbies at all. Not even okay. for not even just for shooting. The reason being, you know, simple physics, less of the gun. 
the more you fill it in your hand. And revolvers will thud. And this is a 38 Special Plus P. But even with light 38 rounds, they will thud the crap out of your hand. You ever shot a snub nose 357, about 12 rounds out of it? That hurts. Yeah, you know, um, really but the cool. but the snub oh. the snubbies look good though. Oh, <laughs> they, they, they got the cool they, Yeah, they look sexy. They look sexy. Yeah. The reason Is I was asking, I've got a Ruger 357 Magnum, mm-hmm. and my old man had one. I grew up shooting his, and I could chase a pop can through the yard with his. And my buddy ended up getting the uh, I don't know, like a bicentennial or something, 357 or 100 year anniversary. So I don't remember what it was. And I shot his, and his was the uh, the six and a half inch barrel. I liked it so much that I actually went and bought the the longer barrel one than the one I did that my old man's guy. I find it shoots better, and I'm more comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. they. And, and I would I would agree. Um, Dead Ender says Kimber K success. Uh, Tony London says he prefers it long. <laughs> uh, Vanessa Keeney says my 44 and 357 Magnums Smith & Wesson's for, for, her, uh, for her. Joe Carpenter says he's got three Rugers Killwolf says Colt Python has to be the nicest looking revolver that has ever been made it does look good Babyface has one and he always shows that off if he was here he, if when he's watching this he's going to have his Colt Python so there you go. All right. So you know what? We've been doing this for a while. Lola's telling me that, you know, she wants to go get something to eat since everyone was talking about food. So shout out to Lola in the background. We thank you for all your hard work, Lola. Who brains behind the operation? Yeah. Um, okay. I won't argue that. <laughs> the brains and the beauty. I'm just the beast. That was a good comeback. Yeah. That was a good the comeback. Beast. The beast, though. The Let's beast. The beast is the king of the jungle, remember? Before you dismiss the sink, I do want to tell everybody because I saw a couple of comments. Hey, guys, I appreciate the love and harassment. I know it's an all fun and games. <laughs> I'm probably going to keep wearing HK stuff just to get you guys riled up and talking. But no, I Don't lie, you're just going to keep wearing HK stuff, man. I know. It's always get people going, but it's fun. No, I love you guys and I appreciate the harassment. It's all in fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just as long but as do you, you have the HK tattoo. Oh, uh, please don't do that. No, dude, I, I'm not. No, I got a birthmark. No, 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 no. Hopefully, no. it's not in the shape of HK. So we <laughs> we love your brother, but no, no, I'll pass. Uh, no. Yeah. All right. No so, uh, so okay, let's wrap this up, Tyvin. What do you have going on, man? Um, October seventh, we've got a big event going on over at Private Farm. I've got several sponsors. So just stay tuned to the YouTube channel. We'll have a lot of stuff posted. That that's all I can say right now. So. Follow me if you guys are into the gaming, guns, and funs, and vlogs. I just put up a video. I was in Kansas City and was at the, um, uh, was that Street Outlaws launch pad right there in Kansas City. I made a quick video on that. So if you guys want to check that out, it's up on the channel now. Yeah, uh, DC2 Mega Boost wants to see the 10 millimeter, Kevin. Um, I don't know if you've got a 10 millimeter there. Uh, it's, not, it's not about me. I'll bring it on next time, promise. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to shout out, Kevin? Uh, guys, just just keep up with me. Uh, NOC Firearms Training on Facebook. Uh, uh, Kevin Dixie on Facebook as well. And at NOC Firearms Training on Instagram. And next weekend, I'll just stick with what's recent. I, don't forget about the cancer thing, but we'll have Hank uh, help pump that next time I'm on. Uh, appreciate the guys that donated last time, by the way. Big shout out to Walter. He shot me over a message. He is uh, donating to the calls. Uh, big shout Good out to deal. him. Be on here tonight, yeah. but shout out to him. And... Um, Next week, as long as I get reception, guys, on Saturday, I am going to try to do a Facebook live stream of blowing up a car with a 50 cal. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Nice. So that's, 
It'll be, it should be around five o'clock next Saturday, Central Standard Time. I'm going to try as long as reception is good. Don't use the cheap sites. Yeah, um, Kevin, this one's for you. This is a little nice thing since everyone's being mean to you. Joe Carpenter says HK stands for Honest Kevin. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, that's about that's about all of that kind of smushiness <laughs> that we're gonna have going down here. Joe's my boy. You're my boy, Joe. I hope, you, I hope you enjoy that. Now you gotta get now you gotta get Joe some HK paraphernalia. <laughs> I might have to do this. Joe's yeah. Nice. All right, so there we go. You were just talking about Walter Keller. I want to say happy birthday shout out to his son Spencer. Happy oh, birthday. that's right. Birthday party at the bowling alley tonight. Yeah, we were trying to get Walter to come on. Uh, he probably doesn't have reception or anything like that there in the bowling alley, so we didn't get him to come on. But definitely happy birthday to Spencer. I want to uh, shout out and thank everyone that's hanging out with us behind the scenes in the chats, all the people watching and listening. We are on iTunes. We've got uh, about 55 episodes on iTunes. We're putting episodes up there every week. Okay, I want to thank the people that sponsor us, including Safety Harbor Firearms, from which Walter Keller cometh. And uh, ran CLP at, uh, what's the other one? Andrew's Custom Leather. And, of course, Big Daddy Guns. See the Big Daddy Guns right here that's in this thing. We want to thank Big Daddy Guns. That's how we get the studio space. That's how we get the badass guns. Black Rain. Okay, want to thank them. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to the folks that support us on Patreon. We are Patreon slash Hank Strange. And uh, that's pretty much much it i want to tell everyone be safe out there kevin definitely be safe my friend yes sir we'll yeah. do you know keep your kevin, head on it was an honor, sir no thanks Tyvin. yeah we'll, we'll yeah. be we'll be laying low we'll hook up later absolutely and Tyvin, you also be safe out there shout out to your wife cherry wine was in the chat looking for you oh yeah my baby <laughs> yeah all right we're out of here peace